2: The United States finally rekindled its long-lost relationship with its Caribbean neighbor. But not long after being sent to their reopened embassy, American diplomats and CIA officers began complaining of strange symptoms. Then the symptoms spread to their Canadian colleagues. Later, diplomats worldwide would be afflicted by this series of incidents. Was it a concentrated attack from an unknown foe? Or was it all in their heads? This week's episode is Havana Syndrome. Well, when we started reading some of these symptoms, I mean, migraines, loss of memory. It's yeah, not, it's, I it, am afflicted. You know? I, well, am, I mean, it's it's not something too far off than what, what you might feel. I mean, although it sounds like theirs is on a lot,
3: lot stronger. It turned up to 11. Heather, I have something to tell you. Oh, God. I'm a CIA operative. I always knew it. Yeah, so... I knew it. Yeah, so... My house has been targeted with a giant microwave, and that's why I have these headaches. I had a giant microwave when I moved into
2: this house, and I had to replace it because it was too long ago, and I was like, I don't want to put my food in
3: that. That seems not safe. Ours was just too big for the spot that we had to put one, so we had to find a tiny one to go in the little microwave nook. Oh, I was like, I had a cubby with
2: a stove on bottom and a microwave on top, Mm -hmm. and it was just a giant thing. Um... About you being a CIA operative, though, when I was in law school, we get emails of, you know, possible career paths. And one of them was FBI agent. And Mm. I started. (laughs) The problem was they were like, you have to have a degree and a clean, you know, criminal record. I'm like, check, check. And it was like, you have to pass this physical set of skills. And I was like, oh, I got it. I bet I could do it. And it's, you know, a certain mile time. You get these points and you had to do sit-ups, push-ups, pull-ups.
3: I was out. <laughs> yeah, pull-ups. I'm I'm I was on board until pull-ups. Uh, I can't do a pull-up. No. I've never been able to do a pull-up. Never. I have never very ever. little upper body strength for carrying around a large baby a lot. <laughs> I have very little upper body strength. I frequently overestimate my strength and I signed up
2: for a warrior dash 5k with some friends like a couple years ago and there was one where you're going through the water and it's about chest deep water and you have to pull yourself up onto this device. And luckily, I was with my brother-in-law, who I always say is shaped like the rock. He's he just is like a wall of muscle and extremely strong, always been. And <laughs> he was with me and to his credit did not leave me behind. And so he starts to get up and he sees... I'm struggling. This is not going to happen. And it was so nice that he was he started to lift me onto the device that like the flotation device I had to get on and I thinking I was helping started to uh, use my strongest part of my body which is my legs and I just kicked him straight in the face. <laughs> He's, he basically said, come on, man, like, I'm trying to help you. Um, but bless his heart, because he lifted me up. And I bet after that, he wished he would have left me in the water. But right, uh, that's the kind of I was like, OK, I can't do a warrior dash. And pro- I mean, I did. But with assistance, if I could have taken him with me, like on the FBI training, probably would have. Knocked it out of the park.
3: They're like, we don't want you, though. We want him. Yeah, that's how he oh, gets that's into it. But, that's, uh, that's you know, fair. having a relative that's in it is still cool, too. Was it one of those races where they give you a bunch of beer at the end? Because I don't understand those. I think there was
2: beer available at the end. I don't personally drink beer. So if, I, if there was, I probably gave it away.
3: If you did, though, would you just, after running, any, doing any kind of physical activity, the last thing I want to do is, like, chug alcohol. One time I ran
2: the 10 miles around the White Rock Loop and I had drank Harito Soda, which is so good. Oh, and yeah. I was ve- like very ill. It caused like dehydration. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine if you complete a race and then drink a bunch yeah. of alcohol. I guess you're re- replenishing your carbs. I don't know. But while well, the folks were, oh, we got to do a thank you here before we uh thank yes. you before the show. We got a loot crate,
3: essentially. Yeah, we got a box of amazing stuff. Yes, Aubrey from Rad Girl Creations. I texted you, I said, we got one of everything. Mm -hmm. I think we got one of everything that she offers in her store. And amazing pins, stickers, socks. I always love fun socks. And these are fun COVID socks. So yes, thank you so much, Aubrey, for all the very cool stuff. Ella Ella keeps asking for my pin um, (laughs) that has the skulls on it she so, wants the skull yes, of course that's does. what she wants <laughs> mm-hmm. she does so
2: no i love them i i had i kept a majority of them but there was one that said die mad about it and i gave it to uh leanne for her birthday so she loved it it's a cute you know it's like a coffin and it's just mm-hmm. die mad about it i'm just such it's a good great. vibe so it is yeah thanks aubrey we appreciate yes. all your rad creations yes thank you thanks so much to tammy for the topic today
3: yeah this um This topic is in the news right now recently because it's it's one of those that's kind of still active. Oh, yeah. I saw that uh,
2: the Congress was possibly going to try to pass a bill to address uh, paying some of the people afflicted by this. So it's not just in, you know, whisperings on the corners of the Internet. It is being addressed by Mm -hmm. the mainstream media and politicians and things like that because it's, you know, I think you see stuff like this where it does sound like a conspiracy theory and until you mm-hmm. parse out the science and the details initially you think yeah okay yeah right yeah
3: there's a there is science but you know there's always people out there that say is that good science well so and there's the, I mean, there's still case- two sides to this coin i got some theories I can't wait to hear your theories because
2: this. I think this is one of those situations where broke clock is right twice a day where mm-hmm. there are thousands of conspiracies out there and this sounded like a conspiracy and it just so happened to be possibly be one that's really actually happening. And so it, it does seem whenever it gets classified in that bucket of, OK, yeah, right. Then it's hard to go. no, 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 there was one real one. <laughs> right.
3: And it <laughs> also makes you things- wonder, what else is the government hiding that? We all have been told it's just some cockamamie conspiracy theory. Dun, dun, dun! You know? Lots. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. Beginning in 2012, after decades of icy relations, United States politicians began exploring the possibility of re-engaging diplomatic relations with the country of Cuba. The relationship between the two countries had been hostile ever since 1959, when Fidel Castro rose to power. In 2015, the U.S. officially reopened its embassy in Havana, which had been closed since 1961. On March 30, 2016, President Obama visited Cuba, making him the first president in almost 90 years to do so, according to CFR. This historic event came on the heels of another pivotal moment between the two countries. One month earlier, the U.S. and Cuba signed an agreement allowing commercial flights between the two an act that had been banned for nearly 50 years. During his administration, President Obama worked to repair relations with Cuba by easing up on the travel restrictions and by allowing Cuban-Americans to send unlimited funds to their families on the island, something previously prohibited.
2: So this was in the works from, uh, and there's a New Yorker article, which we'll link in the show Mm -hmm. notes by Adam Entes, who's done a ton of great research on this. And it goes kind of into the back history of all this and different politicians who were like okay well how can we do this how can we make sure that you know people here that want to send money to their families that we can open that door for them or want to make visits that weren't easy before um, and try to you know mend fences but while still hopefully
3: protecting things if they need to be protected yeah sure sure
2: you know it's hard when there's like major ideological differences between Mm -hmm. the two and you kind of go well, we're mad as a whole nation. It's like, well, you know, you don't want to punish the individuals who are on either side of this. So, I mean, it was uh, it took for like you said from 2012 to 2016 to really open these doors so it was a multi-year process of of kind of clearing the path and you think, okay, well, let's do this. Like, let's try try it out. It's a tentative new relationship to see kind mm-hmm. of how this can possibly work.
3: Yeah, there was he Obama did a lot of stuff to help repair the relations with um and it kind of even started before him with like the wet foot, dry foot. Like if you made it to land, you could apply for residency after a year. But if you were as- fleeing from Cuba and were found in the waters that you got sent back to Cuba, do you remember the mm-hmm. whole Elian Gonzalez oh, yeah. thing? And yeah, that's so definitely. yeah, in doing research for this, I mean, I knew the history of like us in Cuba, but like refreshing myself what a storied history we have with Wait, that about country. Yes. So <laughs> And it's yeah.
2: wild to be only ninety right ninety ish miles off the yes. shore. You know? When I so lived close. in South
3: Florida, you're so close to it. And you can mm-hmm. when you're in um Key West, you can see the tip of Cuba. Oh wow. So I mean imagine being in Cuba and you're trying to Flee a uh, dictator that you don't want to be a part of. And you can see where you're trying to get. So you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can, it's a boat ride. I can do it. Oh, heartbreaking. How many times when I lived there, you would hear of people dying, trying to escape people, Mm -hmm. um, the coast guard turning them away when they're halfway there, you know, and like the contraptions they would build just out of like trash and big like oil drums and anything that would float with their kids with them. Yeah. That is such a desperation to, to be willing to do that, to try and leave your country because that's how bad it is.
2: Yeah. And doing the asylum work I did, the brief pro bono work, it really does make you feel very grateful for Mm -hmm. being born in the United States and for the stability of our government because you know d- that work was somebody that came over here. The, my client, in particular, was extremely persecuted in his home country, and literally would be killed if he went back. And mm. and was a very contributing. You know, we loved <laughs> loved meeting with him, and he's you know he wanted to raise his kids and be happy. And he was he and his wife were you know they they literally came here to save their kids because mm. of what had happened. Where to them, were they from? Um, uh, Nigeria, mm. from a small area, so yikes yeah it was uh it was a very upsetting case and and really just trying to navigate the whole asylum process and things like that and there's great human rights initiative is a great uh organization in north texas that does um does work for for people that are looking for some help so but yeah that's the, you know and that's i think probably part of the impetus political impetus of mm-hmm. okay well maybe we can figure out something here to help so to avoid having you know that The quality of life to the point of like, oh, man, I really I just Mm -hmm. I'll do
3: anything to get out of here. In November 2016, a little over two weeks after Donald Trump won the U.S. election, Fidel Castro, the longtime leader of Cuba, died. Upon the dictator's passing, President Obama made an official statement letting the people of Cuba know they have a friend and partner in the United States of America. I believe Trump tweeted something less nice than that it's pretty negative (laughs) yeah so again that's kind of like we're having one of the most chaotic transitions of u.s presidency of power going on at the same time that fidel castro dies and kind of the attitude of our relations with cuba all of a sudden gets flipped on its head and seems like we're going to start um going backwards as opposed to the strides that had been made—that's
2: a tough part of you know any transition of what stri- it's the pendulum Ruth Bader Ginsburg just described in one of her uh, decisions, and I can't quite remember which one it was, but that you know with every administration or even just like generation or eras that things will swing one way and they'll swing the other way, and that the hope is that they in the end they they land in, where justice is, you know, in the middle, in the middle, so, somewhere.
3: Bless her. As the new U.S. president prepared to take office strange things began happening to U.S. diplomats stationed in Cuba. On December thirtieth, two 2016, one of the CIA officers stationed at the U.S. Embassy in Cuba had a troubling incident at his Havana home. According to Vanity Fair, the man, now called Patient Zero, heard a loud buzzing sound outside his house. He conferred with a coworker who lived next door who also heard the sound. Ten days after the initial incident, on January ninth, 2017, Patient Zero reported that he had suffered another incident. He told ProPublica in an interview. It was annoying to the point where you had to go in the house and close all the windows and doors and turn up the TV. As someone that is afflicted by sounds, I can't imagine. <laughs> I would have hopped on a plane and immediately, I can't. I. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I can't imagine that buzzing. I know you're. you are particularly sound sensitive i we've discussed yes, that's a nice way of putting it thank you i have misophonia the um cicadas around here they're bad good christ the other day i was like it sounds like you're just like in the middle of a jet engine they're so goddamn loud and it's unrelenting we tried to record the other night and i was like i can hear the cicadas at your house and it was yeah, coming my, over I the recording
2: Right outside of the studio window. And I love my tree, and it's beautiful and wonderful, and it blocks the sun and provides me with lovely shade. And it is a just host. It's a den of cicadas. (laughs) And it's I can hear it at the studios
3: in the back of my house. I can hear it in my living room. It's that Mm -hmm. loud. Yeah, they're they're super loud. loud. Soon, more and more diplomats began experiencing this issue. A strange, loud sound causing hearing and memory loss, headaches, and mental stupor. Between December 30th, 2016 and February 9th, 2017, five Americans, including diplomats and CIA agents, reported incidents involving sound or pressure inside their heads, according to The New Yorker. This sounds like my nightmare.
2: Yeah. And it's one of those where it's like, this sound is annoying, but then on top of it, you're starting to feel like you have a sinus infection Mm -hmm. and you start to be disoriented. Reading the... Symptoms and the basically what these folks have gone through, it sounds like your brain has turned against you and you don't
3: know how or why. It's similar to vertigo, is what it kind of sounds like. And one woman described it like you after you go roller skating and you take off the roller skates and you kind of still feel like you're Mm -hmm. moving, or after you know you've been on a boat or something and then you get off and you're kind of still like wobbly, just that nauseating, like just. Off kilter, oh, it makes me feel queasy just
2: thinking about that. The days I used to do eleven fifteen one fifteen three fifteen five fifteen seven fifteen boat rides, like I would do five oh, tours, so I would stand on the bow of the boat from pretty much like 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. and without getting off they have you just later collapsed did your legs just buckle when you would get off that thing Well, I mean yeah you know you get on the bus and you're like boy this bus is in water this is crazy (laughs) because you feel like you're kind of yeah and then I think I get home take a shower make my macaroni and cheese because I was a college student I used to eat a lot of Kraft mac and cheese and think okay i think i'm okay and then as soon as i would lay down to go to bed at night it mm-hmm. was like i was on a waterbed and i was fully not on a waterbed oh, again man. let let me say i was a poor college kid i did not have enough waterbed money <laughs> um i was on a terrible ikea mattress but completely still and you feel
3: ugh,
2: and it would it, you almost feel like you're drunk
3: yeah what kind of boat was it was it a big boat
2: it's a speed boat but a large commercial speed boat that's about About 100 to 115 feet from uh, bow to stern. Probably like 50-ish feet wide, maybe 30, 40 feet wide. Depending on what boat you're on, there's
3: four different ones. So uh, you would feel the waves. If you were going pretty fast, you would be kind of, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, especially because I was on the bow, and so the engines are in the back, so it's kind of heavy. So the bow, so the stern's kind of down in the back, and the bow is up, The you know, the front Mm -hmm. of the boat's up. And that's where I stood, was on the very front, riding backwards. So I faced the people in the seat. And I don't really get motion sickness very much, so it was fine for me. Uh, But you do feel the waves on the river. So we would go down the river to do the architectural tour, and it's very swimmy. And then the speedboat ride on the lake's not as, you know, it's kind of skiddy. You know, you kind of hit the top of the waves, depending on how fast it could go. But it wasn't as swimmy on the the lake part. But the river part is you're going five knots. I mean, you're going super slow, and it's very rocking back and forth.
3: I did an architectural tour, but it was on... A large, like, double-decker, mm-hmm. one of those things. But it's gorgeous. I imagine those, they don't rock as much. They didn't, no. And it's I get very motion oak. sick. I get motion sick driving, and like, as a passenger in a car. Did... Tommy uh, recently got back from Disney World, as you know. Rude. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no. Did I go? No, I did not. Did your kids uh, go? No. no, they did not either. He was at a work conference That just happened to be taking place at the happiest place on earth. Tommy's profession is dressing up
2: in a costume Mm -hmm. with a Mickey head. So he had to go there for his work conference. Yeah.
3: (laughs) One of his coworkers was like, you need to bring a suit. And he told me that. And I just sent him a screenshot of a goofy suit. And I was like, do you want me to pick this up for you? But while he was there, his boss was very kind and let him design a droid. So he mm-hmm. he d- designed a BB-8, and just for me, he made it all purple. Aww. And he got a little purple carrying bag. Well, he he brought it home today, uh-huh. and I got motion sick watching BB-8 roll around our living room. Oh no! <laughs> That's how sensitive I am. I was like, you're turn it sensitive. off. I can't. <laughs> it was just wobbling all over the place. Yeah, but he's very you're cute.
2: delicate. You're just so if you're in if you're in Havana working your CIA job. And you're just trying to make, I mean, literally, these, these folks were like standing in the kitchen making a sandwich. Yeah. And you get stricken with a sound, that feeling. I mean, you go down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you personally, I personally down. would collapse. Yes. Yeah. It'd be over. The fact
3: that they were still going to work is impressive. Yeah. Wanting to get to the bottom of this, Jeffrey Laurentis, who was in charge of the embassy, met with Raul Castro, who was then in charge of Cuba. According to the New Yorker, Castro told the American, it's not us. We need more information from your government to help solve it. They were very adamant that it was not them and were going almost out of not out of their way in a like nefarious, shady way to try and help, but even US government officials were like, they would not be trying to help us so much figure out who this was if it was them.
2: Yeah, they they were, like you said, bidding over backwards of what do you need? What do you mm-hmm. need from us? Uh, because I think you would say we just charted this path toward some type of good, positive relations. We would not go and ruin it immediately. Exactly.
3: Regardless of who or what was behind the incidents, the attack showed no signs of slowing down. By the end of the summer of 2017, 10 CIA agents were impacted by symptoms, which ranged from headaches, pressure in their heads, forgetfulness, and balance issues, among others. In response, the U.S. sent a doctor to treat the agents on the island. The U.S. put the doctor up in a hotel, believing he would be safe. Instead, according to the New Yorker, the doctor suffered the same incident as the agents he was there to treat. Yeah, the hotel they put
2: him up in is a famous hotel Mm -hmm. where celebrities, politicians, diplomats, everybody has stayed before. So they think, okay, well he'll be fine. And he had the same thing. And you're like, oh,
3: nobody's safe. And he said he went to them and said. Who did y'all tell? Who did you tell I was coming? Because the hotel staff knew that he was a U.S. doctor, but dun dun dun. Who he was knows? Targeted. Mm-hmm. The U.S. government eventually sent those afflicted to Dr. Douglas Smith, the director of the Center for Brain Injury and Repair at the University of Pennsylvania, according to Science versus. After running tests on the victims, Dr. Smith and his team concluded that they had suffered concussions. Despite having no external injuries, this led the doctors to call the injuries immaculate concussions or
2: a concussion without a concussion. Eventually, they began calling it Havana syndrome. They said they also, for a while, called it the the thing. The thing, yeah. Which is so, it's very dramatic. But when you have something insidious that you don't know what's happening, but I think this was the, the interview with Douglas Smith said he got a phone call that was like, this is the CIA and we need you to do a, t- a series of tests for us. And he's like, who is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, you know, you get called to be, you know, on, uh, on
3: panels or to give your opinion, but to be like, hello, this is the CIA. Yeah, nobody <laughs> expects that call. I'll say, you know, whoever came up with immaculate concussions was like, got him. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> High fives all over that, that lab. And he's like, we're going to keep that, right? Right, you guys? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's and going they, in a, that's going like, in a, a no. journal,
2: right? They're like, no, Terry, we're not,
3: we're not <laughs> calling it that. No. Terry, we got you. <laughs> Around this same time in the summer of 2017, a Canadian diplomat and his family living in Cuba were subjected to the same attacks as the Americans. Soon, over a dozen other Canadians stationed on the island were complaining of similar incidents. Because Canada and Cuba have a good relationship, the attacks didn't seem to make sense.
2: And this fella and his family have done several interviews, and that's horrifying when it happens to you, mm-hmm. and you've chosen this life, and you're a CIA agent or a diplomat, and it's fine. And But when you have your—literally, it's his wife and children and pet— Start to, it's you know, it's one of those where, you know, do what you want to me, but save my wife and kids. Mm -hmm. uh, That's so serious. When your kids, his son started having nosebleeds. Yeah, they'd wake up in the night having nosebleeds. That is, that's very scary. Yeah. It's a parent's worst nightmare because you're like, okay, well, we can figure out what's wrong with you, but you can't. There's no, it's not like they hit their head playing hockey and Mm -hmm. now they're having these symptoms or having these nosebleeds. Those are the scariest types
3: of illnesses where (sighs) you can't just say oh it's because you fell down and did this it's like nah mm-hmm. there's something neurological going on and we're gonna yeah. have to like do a bunch of tests and figure it all out and the hard part about the brain is you can only do so much with different types of scans
2: you can see stuff certain things in scans but there's certain things that it's kind of it's like with the cte we saw with Aaron hernandez we mm-hmm. can't really know what's really really happened until we can
3: take it out yes and that's what several doctors said is We could get, like, a pretty definitive answer on what's going on if we could take the brain out. But, you know, I mean, by that point, it could it help future things? Sure. But we want to get this figured out before it gets to that point. For sure. Professor of neuroscience at Dalhousie University, Alan Friedman, told the Canadian TV show The Fifth Estate, that he and his team conducted extensive physical exams of the Canadian diplomats, including blood tests and MRIs. With baseline scans, the team could compare the diplomat's brain function before living in Cuba and after. The after-scans showed demonstrable brain injury. Professor Friedman suggested to the Fifth Estate that the Cubans' efforts to eradicate Zika, a disease transmitted through the bite of a mosquito, with pesticides, could be a possible cause. The Canadian diplomats and their lawyers doubted this explanation as Professor Friedman's study was funded by the Canadian government.
2: Yeah, the the interview with Professor Friedman's great because up top he's, you know, explaining this is real. There are real fundamental physiological changes. They had scanned everyone before they had left for Cuba. So they were able to compare them. And then somehow at the end, he's like, anyway, there's a lot of pesticide. And it's <laughs> probably that um, because... If you send your diplomats to a place where you know they're in danger Mm -hmm. and you don't do anything to stop their danger, you would be liable. But if you send your diplomats to a place where they just so happen to be spraying for a bunch of mosquitoes and then they get injured, that's nothing anyone could foresee.
3: It's not a foreseeable injury for which you could be sued. They're just trying to get the loud-ass cicadas out of there. Dr. Mitchell Valdez Sosa, the general director of Cuban Neurosciences Center, suggested to the Fifth Estate that mass hysteria better known today as conversion disorder, was to blame, saying, The U.S.
2: and Canadian governments say, yes, you are under attack. Then any symptom they have
3: of any kind will be amplified. Suggesting this was a case of conversion disorder. According to the International Journal of Social Psychiatry, conversion disorder is the
2: Rapid spread of illness, signs, and symptoms among members of a cohesive social group for
3: which there is no corresponding organic origin. However, Professor Friedman, who treated the Canadian diplomats, and Dr. Smith, who treated several of the American diplomats, both dismissed this explanation.
2: I think this is one of those, uh, when the kids were mean to me and I'd get upset, my mom would go, consider the source, Heather. Uh, So, (laughs) because she'd be like, do you care what that person thinks? But in this case, I think it's consider the source of who is what type of stakeholders and who has what to lose. And I think it seems to me that the um officials that are cuban the the this official and then a, a later one they provide explanations that would uh alleviate any blame that could be turned back on so it's you know it's kind of natural right like you're you're playing for your team and the same with the the fellow that's funded by the canadian government the fifth estate kind of implied mm-hmm. and also the lawyers for the canadians straight up said all right you you're, you're taking in this information, but then your conclusion is something that will benefit the stakeholders on whose behalf you are working. Sure.
3: Yeah. The Vanity Fair article that we'll link in the show notes had some really interesting stuff on conversion disorder and just all different. I mean, there was one that recently happened, I believe, in Oklahoma City, like it'll happen in schools sometime where Mm -hmm. like a group of kids started – um, having seizures and showing like symptoms, and like the parents thought there was like a mold incident and everything. And Aaron Brokovich showed up, and then once the hubbub stopped being made about it, everything just kind of stopped. So, are they to, to clarify? Because I don't as much understand
2: the conversion disorder or the, what they call mass hysteria. Your body can manifest. I see a seizure, if they're manifesting the physical actions of a seizure, but would you be able to manifest brain damage? Would it be, like,
3: readable on an MRI? I don't know that, but it is not... Your body, under intense stress, and where, from my research, conversion disorder most likely happens is in, like, groups that are experiencing intense stress. It's not that you just think you're sick, your body does, you do become sick.
0: Like, so would, it's not
3: just imagine symptoms. Your symptoms are absolutely real and you're just as, you, you're, it's not like you're, the doctors think you're lying about your symptoms. It's just that it's, there's no traceable origin to, as to how they started.
2: Well, and the symptoms I get, so if you said, you know, the vertigo-like symptoms of memory loss or nausea, but I mean, if you say, I believe I've been, you know, injured somehow, would bruises appear on your body?
3: Um, I, I don't think,
2: I don't know no, for and that's sure, what, but I don't think so. Yeah, okay. That, then that's what I was wondering. Because I think manifestation of symptoms, I think, could occur, you know, physical actions or that feeling of, like, I feel nauseated or I feel dizzy. I get that, but I don't know that it would, you know,
3: damage could happen apropos of nothing. Well, many believe that these studies that showed, like, the neurological side of things and the MRIs and the the auditory damage were not accurate and that they were very rushed and didn't actually show what the studies claim they show. I wonder who thinks that. People that they don't want to have to pay them
2: out. They don't wanna have to pay the scientists.
3: Scientists. No, people that this is this is a problem
2: in in world in the world to say, well this scientist you can trust, but this one you can't. Yeah. So what I mean on
3: both sides of that coin. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only were the Canadian diplomats and their families showing demonstrable brain injuries, but one family's dog also suffered adverse consequences, according to Professor Friedman. The dog had changes in the brain that
2: are consistent with what we found in the diplomats. I don't think the dog was hysteric.
3: Dr. Smith from the University of Pennsylvania told The New Yorker, it was unlikely that the injuries were the result of mass hysteria. Reasoning. To artificially display all of these
2: symptoms, you'd have to actually go and research, practice, be the most consummate actor ever,
3: and convince one expert after another. In an interview with The Globe and Mail, one of the Canadian diplomats responded to the accusation that it was mass hysteria, saying, I know this is real, and I'm going through this, and that language is very destructive and
2: devastating.
3: See, from what I read, I mean, and I'm not saying this person's wrong, but... No one is saying that you're not really going through that. Mm -hmm. You are going through that. They're just saying perhaps it's not caused by what. Yes. Yes, exactly. Additionally, Dr. Michael Hoffer, a neurootologist at the University of Miami, conducted a study on those American diplomats affected. He found that nearly 40 percent of the diplomats and their families had actual physiological damage to their inner ears, which could not be explained as psychosomatic. However, the editor of Cortex, Della Sala, criticized the findings, saying, This paper only reports statements of deficits without giving any
2: evidence or scores or methods or statistics or procedures. It's far below par and would not
3: pass the scrutiny of any respected neuropsychology outlet. So it was kind of divided not only in the government as to what was going on and who was responsible, but also with science. With scientists Mm -hmm. as to like... And doctors, yeah. Yeah, so no one could really agree on anything. While these findings appeared to be cause for concern, others felt that the medical tests and evaluations being conducted were invalid. In findings published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, editors said that the... Initial clinical evaluations were not standardized. And that the... Examiners were not blinded. Additionally, many of the studies relied on patients' self-reporting, with jama noting that there was a lack of baseline
2: evaluations and the absence of a control in conclusion the article suggested caution in interpreting the findings so
3: who who knows what to believe when you have um people that are credited in their fields everyone's saying a different answer like which way do you go
2: yeah if it's the you know the guy in the university of pennsylvania is who they send Major issues of concussion, NFL, too. I mean, he's the preeminent expert. Like, that's why they called him. But
3: wouldn't you also, to your point of who, what, who are you working for? Mm-hmm. The U.S. government, wouldn't you, might want to blame it on Cuba or say something? You know, I mean, you're not going to like, uh, I don't well, know. I would- it, it seems... would make them liable because they knowingly left them there
2: after patient zero said, "Hey, this has happened to me," and one or two other people it happened to, and you didn't evacuate everyone right
3: away. Well, did they know be... right? But they evacuated everyone after they thought Cuba was involved. It was yeah, a few months later. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, with the the storied history with them, like I think that it would make sense that we would want to try and and blame them for something or someone else there, the Russians or China or some other people that are there. Also true if you
2: needed a reason to not, say, pick a fight, but, you know, say this is an attack on us and now we have to respond with, Mm -hmm. you know, military force or whatever. Or alternatively, you know, if you're uh, wanting to, if you get the first crack at, you know, analyzing folks and, Would it be good for your career? Mm -hmm. I don't mean you know not all of these doctors. I think are doing the best with what they have. (laughs) I wouldn't besmirch anyone's. uh, You know, they're. uh, It's hard because even with
3: science, there's an issue with interpretation. Though perhaps not mass hysteria, a 2019 study published by an Australian medical sociologist and an American neurologist posited that Havana syndrome was simply a psychogenic illness related to the stress diplomats experienced while in Havana. In response, a diplomat who suffered the attacks and lives with the lasting effects told The Globe and Mail the suggestion that stress caused his illness was ridiculous, saying,
2: you're talking about people who've been through military coups, states of emergency, cyclones, who've evacuated huge number of people in crisis. It's the most resilient group you could
3: have. I'm sure it does take a lot to do that. Stress will do a number on your body. I mean, people have straight up heart attacks and shit from stress.
2: Also true. Yeah, or collapse. And I I knew a guy that I went to law school with and eventually after we practiced just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. I mean, till literally he got a collapsed lung. I mean, oh, because wow. you just you get your you get run down. Your immune system gets run down. Mm-hmm. You're, you're sick. You think you can work through it. You work. Through, I mean, you run yourself literally ragged until you're hospitalized. Mm
3: hmm. In October of 2017, Cuba aired a half-hour primetime TV special in its own defense, offering an explanation for the cause of the sonic attacks. Their conclusion? Bugs. According to the Associated Press, Lieutenant Colonel Juan Carlos Molina, a telecommunications specialist with the Interior Ministry, told audiences, It's the same bandwidth,
2: and it's audibly very similar to crickets and cicadas. We compared the spectrums of those sounds, and evidently, this common sound is very similar to the sound of the cicada.
3: Still, those bugs do not explain the physical injuries suffered by the American and Canadian diplomats, nor does it explain the incidents that occurred far from Havana. I will say that, uh, I feel like the cicadas could be the answer, as because I know firsthand how goddamn loud they are. There's. So-
2: the sound is so obnoxious. One and there was an audio track that was sent to the Associated Press to analyze, and it was by a an entomologist said or an etymologist said, which one etym one of them's words and one of them's bugs, whichever one's bugs said, so, <laughs> this is this is the sound of a cicada. We can match it to, or Jamaican crickets also make similar sounds. I think you can't say everybody hurt. I, I think people are like it sounds like kind of like that. You know, you can't say. Oh, the buzzing sound is the same. It's like you recorded something that maybe sounded like the physiological things that were going on in your head. Well, it was like grasping at it,
3: people would say it sounded like different things. Some would mm-hmm. say it sounded like a loud buzzing sound. Some sounded said it sounded like metal metal grinding on mm-hmm. other metal. Some said it sounded like a high pitched like type of bug. So. Or like
2: a, we- or like a uh, whirring sound. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, so it's, you know, if you analyze a sound and that sound is bugs, that can be true. But it may not be that that sound is
3: what's causing right. the, the impacts. In 2018, multiple diplomats working in China also fell ill due to abnormal sensations of sound and pressure, according to CNN. Then-Secretary of State Mike Pompeo described the medical impacts of what happened in China as very similar and entirely consistent with what happened in Cuba, according to CNN. This is when we start seeing
2: it spread outside of, it may be called Havana Syndrome, but now it's, yeah,
3: at what point, I mean, I guess that's the thing with monikers. Once you name something, you got to stick with it, even if, like, it doesn't make sense. It's like a Mm -hmm. kid getting the nickname... Shorty, and then they have a gross spurt, and they're mm-hmm. 6'10, and then it just becomes ironic. And it's like, please stop calling me Captain Brownbottoms. I pooped my <laughs> pants in
2: second grade. That was second grade. That when, like, you, right. that you never lived that down.
3: You're Captain New. Brownbottom
2: for life if you do that. Yeah. I'm 30, almost 35, and I Facebook friends with that person, and I'm always like, oh, hey, this is a
3: real person. Yeah, I would call him Captain Brown. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> but others did. I did mean, you, it's, you did. I've made it. I, to this day, remember the name of a little boy in first grade that got nervous at the chalkboard and peed his pants in front of the class. Not going to oh. put him on blast, but I'm just saying, I wonder, whenever I think about that stuff, I think there are people out there that I'm that memory for them. Oh, I'm
2: sure. I sobbed. I told you this because Ella started in school soon that I sobbed, like, embarrassingly amounts on the first day of kindergarten and a, a kid came up and said, do will come back.
3: It's okay. But you're still and friends with her. you are
2: still friends with Maryland. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> in
3: 2019, one White House official suffered an incident similar to Havana syndrome while walking her dog in Virginia. A second stateside incident happened in November of 2020 to a National Security Council official who stood near the south line of the White House in Washington, D.C. Most recently, in July of 2021, Two dozen U.S. diplomats working in Vienna, Austria, were struck with the same symptoms as their counterparts, who had been stationed in Cuba over 5,000 miles away. This is what tells me that uh, we'll get to what's what do we think. But
2: when it starts to be. You may have heard of it in the news, but I think if you start to have that far apart, I think Mm -hmm. there's another cause.
3: Yeah, there's I have I, I have. um We'll get to it, and what do we think? But I'm not saying I'm totally opposed to the, the governments behind this, because I think the government's behind everything. <laughs> but there are a lot of cases we're not mentioning that they thought were similar, and then it was like, oh, these people just had food poisoning. Or, or vertigo. Oh, or, the, or, oh, yeah, she just had an ear infection. So there, there were a lot of people still reporting, like, I think I'm being afflicted with this, and it was concluded, like, it was not... Um, The same incident. So, while I just want to point out that we're not talking about all the ones that didn't that they proved wrong.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like anything. I think you want to come forward and think, well, God, if it is something that bad, I'd want it to be worked out. I mean, you know, any it's like
3: or it's or it's mass hysteria. Like that's exactly what you know. Like if you if your government is telling you like we're being attacked, or not even the government, but if you just hear like. I mean, you could even – it's like with COVID. We all know what it is. We all know what the symptoms are. So if mm-hmm. you get – you know, anytime I've gotten a cold, I'm immediately like, I've, I have it. I it's fucking happening. have it. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, because we have that fear instilled in us, and we're, like, looking for it.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, it's a good thing you can go get a test. Shove a thing yeah. up your nose, and know yeah. you don't God. have it. So that's at least – this is harder, I think, with the brain symptoms. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, if it's an ear infection or something like that, you can diagnose it and treat it. Yeah.
3: The things they've been able to, like, say these weren't a part of that were things that were – Easily diagnosed. Eventually, seeing no relief for the symptoms and little support from their government, the Canadian diplomats that had been affected decided to sue in early 2019. According to the lawsuit, 14 total people, including five diplomats and their family members, suffered injuries alleging that the Canadian government knew the attacks were a risk and still exposed them, which resulted in injuries. According to NPR, the families asked for damages of $28 million Canadian. About twenty one million dollars U. S. The lawsuit is still pending, and they're doing a lot of
2: discovery. And I think they that that's the attorney that was talking about the the previous study that said, "Oh well, we think it was, you know, uh, bug spray ultimately." And saying, "Well, we don't think that's true." And the the crux of this lawsuit and any others and any type of compensation that the diplomats or their families are going to see is going to be, it's like always, who knew what and when, you know who. Did did they know that it was a third party attack? Did they just say, "Well, it was, you know, on this"? We knew on we have evidence that they knew. You know, after January 2017 attack happened, we knew and in, or incident happened. We knew in February, and we didn't take people out till July. Okay, well, that's a big long window. Mm-hmm. Now these people are hurt because you didn't act. Or it's we we heard all these cases. We didn't know what was going on. We took them out in July, and then two years later, we figured out it was a tax. And it's like, okay, well, in that case, then
3: you can't really. Point the finger, ultimately. Yeah. All I know is I hope that dog's on that lawsuit.
2: I know. They ended up, they did have to, they had
3: to put euthanize down. the dog. Yeah,
2: yeah, they said the, the behavioral problems and the, the actual damage that it suffered was significant. Poor thing.
3: I know. One of the Americans injured in China followed the Canadian's lead and filed his own lawsuit following his 2018 injuries. Mark Lindsay, who worked as a diplomatic security officer, sued the U.S. government. In addition to his lawsuit, the Office of Special Counsel, the Independent Federal Investigative and Prosecutorial Agency, looked at the State Department's conduct in 2021 and found a substantial likelihood of wrongdoing, according to the New York Times. Lindsay told the Times that the ordeal was a deliberate, high-level cover-up. They have hung us out to dry. So is that still pending? So
2: his suit was for, I believe it was based on um it was not quite personal injury it was almost like a dis- an employment discrimination based upon his status his disabilities uh but that state department uh office of special or i'm sorry the office of special counsel investigation is still ongoing but there was an initial report that just came out last month that I-, I think is pretty damning i mean it's they're basically looking into their own conduct yet again though if you are being if you're looking through something if you're looking at something through and i challenge everyone to do this of It sounds good. You want to believe it. Right. You're like, oh, there's substantial likelihood of wrongdoing. This is the government is indicting itself in theory. Right. Well, it's also a new administration indicting the actions of an old administration. Mm -hmm. So, again, we hope everybody is fair and impartial. And I think it's important for tons of eyes to be on stuff. And that's why we have like bipartisan committees looking at things, because you want to make sure it's not. Oh, well, yep. I'll tell you what, whoever was in charge in 2017 really shit the bed on this. Well, it's really easy to say when they're not in charge anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it may be that there was substantial long- wrongdoing, but you would really want to get more information. All of this stuff is right now, because it is so new, it's real. It's all at face value. But I think it'll be fascinating in the history books in 10, 20, 30 years when we keep looking at this and go, oh, man, they, they really did know back then. And then they mm-hmm. really left people in harm's way. And then also seeing what effects and symptoms yeah. they have as the well, years that's go the scary on part
3: of it is yeah because it is so new you don't know the long-term effects of uh, what i mean radiation we all yeah. know that
2: ain't good the certain l- types of exposure yeah. and yeah of chem and it, if it's a neurotoxin or something like that where it, you know there's going to be some type of horrible you know effects down the mm-hmm. line or something like that that's that's the hard part about it is you want
3: to really get the right answer because that's the only way you can get treatment. Mm-hmm. Side note, totally unrelated. Do you ever think that the government offices sound like they belong in Harry Potter? <laughs> We've mentioned several in this episode that I'm. Maybe it's because <laughs> I'm rereading Harry Potter right now, but I'm like the office of special counsels sounds like it would be at Hogwarts mm-hmm. or the, the Interior Ministry. Anything yes, with that ministry
2: was... <laughs> special? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's any, any of that sounds like, or it could be like in the hunger games or something yeah. very like, uh, bureaucratic. Dystopian. Yeah. yeah. Dystopian
3: bureaucratic. Oh, but I we're wish living that, in it now. I, yeah, I wish we were all living at Hogwarts. That'd be way cooler. <laughs> Professor of neurology and ethics, James Giordano of Georgetown University Medical Center was brought in to advise the government after the first incidents occurred in 2016. Professor Giordano told The Guardian that the U.S. developed a microwave weapon, codenamed Medusa, that was portable in a car and could produce a temporary incapacitating effect with a low probability of fatality or permanent injury. However, since 2004, the professor said,
2: The state of that science has, for the most part, been, if not abandoned, pretty much left fallow in the United States. But it has not been left fallow elsewhere it became clear that some of the work that was conducted in the former Soviet Union was taken up again by Russia and its satellite proxies. And he goes on to say in the interview that different countries have different standards of what and who you can and can't test on, mm. and that the United States, with these type of incapacitating effects, you know, if you're trying to figure out a way to zap folks You're maybe not going to test on human subjects in the U.S. Other countries, that may not be the case, that they Mm. may test on humans, animals, things, you know, ostensibly torture, things that we would not do. And then the flip side of that is, okay, well, our science isn't as advanced in that type of weaponry because you
3: aren't testing on people. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say if you went to someone and said that. The U.S. developed a microwave weapon codenamed Medusa that was portable, and you could take it in your car. That sounds like the statement of an unhinged person, but that's real. It's real.
2: Well, and (laughs) uh, Science Versus is a great show, and what they do is go in and interview various scientists, ultimately, and say break down each piece of any kind of a question. They also did an episode on this a while back, uh, not too long ago, but... um, And one of the things they pointed out was... They kind of have something similar to this. You ever been speeding on a highway and they shoot a radar gun at Mm -hmm. you? I mean, it shoots a beam of energy that bounces off the car and bounces back instantaneously to ultimately uh, measure how fast you're going. Mm -hmm. Well, the the fellow they talked to said, you know, that's something that they have developed where they could shoot essentially a radar gun at somebody's head and cause them to hear the high C note like in their head. Mm And that's not impossible. He said with the development, as it were, was that if you shot him at too hard, you know, basically the the amount of energy that it would take to have these incidents where it would be, you know, headaches, vertigo, that sound, that buzzing sound. He said it would have to be such a high dose that it would burn the skin. Yeah. So he said you'd, you'd melt when he said it wouldn't really melt. But he did say it would like burn. It would like cause singeing on your skin. And he said, that's the science I know. He's like, I don't know what's been developed elsewhere where you say, okay, well, we have this microwave gun and we can zap people in the head, but it's burning their skin. How many test subjects do we need to bring through Mm. to test this to get it not to burn the skin? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those where it's like, are there aliens? No, because I haven't seen one. It's like, is there a weapon that can do this? No, because I haven't seen it. It's like, we just don't know what's out there. We got so far down the path and abandoned it. And it's like, did somebody else go oh, shit, I, I don't mind, you know, zapping folks. It's fine with me. And, and that's horrible. We don't want human rights abuses, right? But the flip side is then, OK, well, we use that human rights abuse and now we're going to go, uh, you know, injure other people,
3: mm-hmm. whether it's Russia or whoever it is that may have developed this. To investigate the cases, the National Security Council formed two task forces. One headed by the CIA is trying to determine the cause of the symptoms while the other group is figuring out a way to combat attacks. In 2021, the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine reported that the most likely culprit was radiofrequency energy, a type of radiation that includes microwaves, according to the New York Times. The report confirmed that those symptoms reported by afflicted diplomats were consistent with concentrated exposure to radiofrequency energy. The report theorizes that the beams were deliberately aimed at government buildings and residences in an attempt to harm diplomats and or gather secret government information. It's the radar gun theory. Right. An official close to the case told the New York Times. It is possible this began
2: as an espionage effort that turned into a stealthy means of attack. For years,
3: countries in conflict with the United States have used microwave technology to try and replicate electronic documents, including those sent by typewriter, Computer keyboards and cell phones, according to the New York Times. When I know they talk about, you know, that's why you need to put
2: your credit cards in like the special RFID wallet Mm -hmm. because there are things that can basically energy that can be pointed at it that it will be able to read that information off of it, those chips and things. So it's hard to know what's out there truly if that's been the goal all along was to get information. And then you go, oh, a side effect is that I can injure people. Let me just move the gun a little bit
3: from the cell phone to the face. Despite having no intelligence to support the hypothesis, government officials made their hypothesis clear. Journalist Adam Entis, who reported extensively on the phenomenon for the New Yorker, told NPR, they believe it's the Russians, and they believe it increasingly that it's the Russians using
2: some sort of microwave pulse radiation device that's somehow been miniaturized and is very portable and is not easily detected. The real concern, according to Entis, is in the anonymity. To physically harm CIA officers and diplomats. In ways that are very ambiguous and deniable, and so therefore very difficult for the U.S. to point a finger at anyone. And if you can't point a finger at anyone, you really can't do anything about it. For
3: now, the attacks continue to be called anomalous health incidents. While the Biden administration works on more definitive answers, one official told The New York Times.
2: The frustrating part is that there's still no definitive conclusion that would enable the president to call out
3: the Russians the way he has with cyber attacks. While the government is leaning heavily toward the Russians being responsible for the attacks, others believe China or Iran might also be involved. Scientists have also had a tough time agreeing on the actual symptoms of those afflicted, with some claiming there is evidence of brain injury, while others point out the studies were rushed, lazy, and produced inconclusive findings. With incidents recently occurring in Vienna, diplomats across the globe wonder if they could be targeted next. The question, though, still remains. Who or what is targeting them? So what do we think? I mean, I think I think I know what you think. <laughs> Microwaves. And I'm not saying... I don't disagree. I do. I think
2: there's an unknown weapon. I, I, Because I like to believe the good in humanity, I was like, maybe it was. They were just trying to read their cell phones, and they read their cell phones so hard that it injured people, and that it wasn't just trying to make someone feel like they're basically gaslighting them, make them feel like they're losing it because... They have injuries that there's no way to point to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate sneaky way to get somebody, because if you do have doctors going, well, there actually really isn't anything wrong with you, then you're going to be like, I have to quit my job. Like, I feel like I- I'm taking like I-, I can't take this anymore because I'm being pointed at as somebody that's making it up or falling to this, you know, con- the mass hysteria or what's it called? What's the new word for it? Conversion disorder conversion yeah like i'm falling victim to this conversion disorder and it it's nothing is real when i think it's real um while i was researching this when something is so new and fresh it's it's just like when we research all the stuff with Britney Spears cuz there's constantly something coming out i was doing google searches by months and dates and the new yorker article um that came out re- relatively recently did I mean it's? It took me over. I mean, it's about an hour it's and some change very to read lengthy. It. Yeah, it's extremely extensive. Um, but that did a good job of kind of laying it out up to a point, and then it has become search links by or you know search news articles or interviews or or things by week chunks or month chunks, like to to try to keep up with it because it was very much this thing is happening. It's an attack, and then it was oh it's. Conversion disorder. Oh, no, wait, it's cicadas. Oh, no, wait, it's this. So there was such a changing narrative that I Mm -hmm. think some people, well, the last I heard it was bugs and everybody just didn't know what they were talking about. And they all just misunderstood that it was bugs. You know, I think it's the maybe the narrative was manipulated a little bit um, by who I don't you know, do you want to say whose fault it was or what happened when I will say the most recent thing I saw was a bipartisan effort. To pass the Havana Act of 2021, which would provide, in addition to general government benefits, it would provide extra, uh, basically, compensation for any diplomats or CIA officers who were afflicted by this, which sounds so nice, right? The government is trying to take care of their own. But also, does that mean if you accept those benefits, you can't sue the government? And Uh... why would they want you not to be able to sue them? (laughs) You know, it's one of those where, like, we would love to settle with you, Christy, for that accident. We would love to give you $10,000 mm-hmm. because they know if you take them to court, you'll get a million dollars or yeah, you know, even $50,000. Sure. So if you say, you know, it, I sound very cynical in this episode, <laughs> but it, how nice that we're working across party lines because we want to get these people compensated for the injuries that they've sustained. That does on its face sound really, really nice. But is it because if they hired private attorneys and they dug into what the office of special counsel sounds like they've dug into and say there was substantial evidence of wrongdoing and they could maybe try to get compensated more for the injuries, um, kind of more in line with what the Canadian um, private practice attorney was trying to ask for, you know, 28 million Canadians. So makes I think there's, yeah. So I think that those are some of the things that lead me to believe there was whether or not it was an intentionally malicious injury or it was because there's a history of, Foreign governments using microwave technology in order to obtain U.S. secrets. That's espionage is a whole thing. It's like, well, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's because they're good spies. Right. <laughs> so you don't want to hear God, about I it. I want to be a spy. Oh, man. I got, I'm too mouthy to be a spy. I'm like, did you know what I just did this weekend? <laughs> totally wild. Um, I, you just have to be. I once saw, I think we talked about this, the Navy, one of the Navy SEALs that was on the uh, the uh uh, what was it the bin laden raid team and he he said nobody could know who he was what he did and that he was out and back in 24 hours and that he was taking the trash out the next morning like after he had done and his neighbor goes do you hear the news they got bin laden he's like oh really huh
3: and just that's wild was he married Mm mm-hmm so did his if you're married, does what do you tell your spouse? Do they, they have uh, to know you work for the government in some capacity? Oh yeah,
2: no, no. I think they know, and I th- and I believe he talked about.
3: You put two and two together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't flat out say, "Honey, I have to go uh, track down Bin Laden tonight." But like they know that, like, like right, I'm
2: being called to yeah. an operation, and then you come back in the morning, and they're like, "My fellow Americans," and it's like. How was
3: your day oh, at work? Okay, yeah. Well, I made yeah. you breakfast. I think you had a long night. Yeah, was
2: one of the most fascinating uh, speakers I've ever heard. That but would be very interesting.
3: They made us leave our cell phones
2: and baskets outside the room.
3: Ooh, because mm-hmm. people are trying to read them with the microwaves.
2: I bet. <laughs> I think he didn't want to be recorded because I think his he writes under a pseudonym, mm. and because of safety reasons, their names aren't really known. Yeah, and so anytime he's been on TV, he has like fake rubber on his face and stuff like that. Well, but. and
3: that's what. Oh, but he showed his face to y'all. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why we couldn't have our yeah. um, cell phones.
2: And if you asked me what he looked like, I mean, you wouldn't
3: remember. A country singer. He's, he's yeah, that's what he, uh, that's how he likes it. It was Blake Shelton. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Um, but that's what they said the Cuban government was. Not entirely sure who was a diplomat and who worked for the CIA when mm-hmm. people were stationed, and they were constantly trying to figure it out. And some of the diplomats said, like, there would just conveniently be two abandoned mansions, like, next door to where they lived, and mm-hmm. there would be people, like, spying on them, and or they'd come home from from being on vacation, and clearly people had, like, gone through their house and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what they said. That's like a, a spy, almost a calling card to say, yeah.
2: we can get in here and we know what's going on, that they would come in and leave a cigarette
3: butt mm-hmm. yeah. one guy in, said in a house where a family up. doesn't smoke. Yeah, and there'd be cigarette butts in the ashtray. Or one yeah. family came home and all the food had rotted because somebody had unplugged the refrigerator. That's rude. Yeah, that's like, fucking rude. Yeah, come in my house while I'm gone, but don't bring the refrigerator uh, into this. Clean the refrigerator out.
2: do me a favor, right? They're like, we had some takeout in here that looked rough. I went ahead and ate it before it went bad. You're welcome. Yeah, um, but no. So there, it the, the, was going on. That that was another reason why they couldn't just evacuate the. Uh, diplomats because those left would be the cia operatives yes. and it would be obvious who it was so yes. they had to figure out okay the state department's in charge of the diplomats the cia is in charge of the cia agents how do we get them out and in what order and what are we able to do to where their cover's not blown ultimately mm-hmm. so fascinating Man, there's so much so i want to know all a, this i want to Nick the surface of what's going on here. Um, yeah. Because it's, I mean, it is so much more complex. And I think we wanted to just focus on, you know, what's happening to, to the folks and what was the underlying cause is the real mystery, I think.
3: So I probably, you think that I think it's all in their heads, but I don't think that. I think that it's that. a combination of of both of those things. I think that there is technology. I 100% think there is technology that can do this to people. I mean... Mm-hmm. I think that there's uh, talking about nicking the surface as far as like what we don't know that our government or other governments have as far as weapons go. Montauk. I mean, mean we yeah. covered this MK Ultra. Yeah. So I absolutely think that that's possible. And I think that that is most likely what's going on. I also think some of the cases are a symptom of more of the conversion disorder where they might have they were victims but really Mm -hmm. it was just like they had headaches and, and thought because of like the fear that was instilled like oh this is happening to me so and I don't know like who was and who wasn't but I just think that probably numbers wise some of those weren't intentional victims but I do think that that there's something going on but I also think um our government knows a lot more than they're saying. Yeah. And everyone, even Cuban diplomats, say if it was going on in Cuba, the Cubans know about it. And so everyone's yeah. like the Cubans absolutely know. Even if it wasn't them doing it, they know who did it because it's one of the most like heavily watched cities in the, the world. And there's no way that they don't know who is responsible for it.
2: And I believe in the New York article, they referenced that when the FBI was sent in to investigate, they asked for certain surveillance footage and were denied the mm-hmm. certain surveillance footage that they asked for. So because there is there's cameras everywhere. And so that's what they said. Well, if it was a foreign power, then that it was not Cuba, then they, they would at least be aware something was going on or someone. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you on the flip side, it's a small country. It's, you know, it's right next to a giant superpower. It, and then if it's a, another large superpower that I don't know, has nuclear weapons that comes onto your soil and starts attacking Americans, you kind of want to go, we're staying out of this. Mm, this was mm-hmm. not, um, you know, so it's a rock it's and all a politics, hard place. baby. It's all a ton of it's all politics. Mm-hmm. And there's even more stuff going on in Cuba right now with the current, you know, the human rights protests. Um, that that also further complicates all of the interactions between between the governments, not just ours and Cuba, but other foreign superpowers as yeah. well. So, it all uh, I think leads back to, like you said, the U.S. government probably knows more than I'll, I'll not say probably they know more than they're letting on, and it may be for espionage reasons, right? Sure. It may be for intelligence reasons. So, that's kind of our we have the right to know all of this stuff. I'd like to know all of it, but also... Would we, though? Or you know, would we
3: walk around, like, scared, scared to leave jokes. our house because of what we know, you know? That's true. I think about I that. Like, we hear about all the times that something happened, like a terrorist attack happened or something. We don't hear about all the times that it was prevented. Yeah, that's true, too, because,
2: like you said, I think we would we would not leave our houses, nah. so... Mm-mm. It's hard. It's all... Um, Hopefully we'll, like we said, we'll figure out in the short run at least what's happening so you can stop it from happening. Because now, you know, you said Vienna and China and mm-hmm. even in Virginia. So it's getting close to home. So if that the technology is out there, maybe figure out a way to avoid a, avoid it impacting folks.
3: Yeah, and also figure out how to get rid of these cicadas that just come God. up out of the ground and wreak havoc for months on end every 30 fucking years or whatever it is. I have a solution. What? Um, <laughs> Microwave them? No. It is
2: a vicious solution. It is... I don't know if the world is ready for the solution, but it's about 10 pounds. It has uh, short brown oh, hair. yeah. And the yippiest bark you've ever heard, and it's called the goose. Mm-hmm. And it lives in my home, and... She goes into the backyard, and I think that she's being a fine little dog. And she comes inside, and her mouth's closed, and I don't know what's going on. And then I go to go to bed, and there is oh. a cicada in my bed—a live one. Yeah, oh. not live enough to get away, but live enough that you had live to enough put that it, it was moving around. Yes, and it was moving around in my bed. And this has happened twice. Oh, uh, so Goose. she can definitely. Get them from wherever, and then other times I now have started checking her mouth when she comes in from outside because again her mouth is closed. She she's very tricky at
3: mm-hmm. hiding it, but she's trying she to can help you. Them. She knows that you don't like the sound of them, and so she's trying to do one day at a time. You know, it yeah. takes a village to get rid of those. I don't those know if the world. The world is ready for the. We goose Tommy because... had to euthanize one of our fish the other day in oh, a God, what cup happened? of alka seltzer. It was a whole thing. What it was a whole thing, yeah. We lost another fish.
2: Oh no! Yeah,
3: it was it was tweezers. We lost tweezers. Oh yeah. wait, so is Fasto and Hair still around? No. <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. We did not lose tweezers. I thought tweezers was dead, and I almost flushed him on the toilet. And then Tommy was like, "He's not dead. <laughs> it's he's just sleeping. he's just he's just against the glass because they're the sucker fish." I oh. was like, "He hasn't moved in 24 hours. He was not dead, so he's fine." But then we did lose one of our red fish, and we don't have names for them. Oh, okay. But right. um, it was struggling, and we looked up. I was like, "How do you? How do we put it out of its misery?" And there you were two ways. It? Um, we wanted to bury it, Ellet. I go. Oh, she likes to bury it. I go. She, she, she likes to bury things. said, so do you want to flush it or do you want to bury it? And she goes, I don't want to flush it down the toilet. It's our pet. So Aww. we all went in the front yard and, and buried him. So we had to, the two ways to euthanize were cut off its head or no! put it in a cup of alka And we did not want to cut off its head and then present this to Ella. So that that Tommy took one for the team and put, put it out of its misery.
2: Well, for those of you who don't know, Christy has an extensive aquarium, and the three sucker fish are called Tweezers, Fasto, and Hair. Yeah, that we've Ella lost named. Hair.
3: Hair has Hair has Hair is no longer with us, but hair Tweezers no and Fasto are still there. Yeah, so they're holding on. They're holding on. Yes. As a thank you, you'll
2: also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Ruling the Airwaves or the new Getting Into It tier, special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini sode, and patron exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole and Relationship segments, as well as Judge Christie. And we also have True Crime Headlines. Um, and we got a new tier, y'all. Yeah. So in addition to the bonus content that you get through your ears each week which drops like a podcast, you will have the opportunity at the getting it uh, getting into it level to participate in a live recording. So it's basically like getting a live show with us every month uh, via Crowdcast. We will perform for you one of our bonus segments. So we will let you vote on it in the Getting Into It tier. So you can choose Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, True Crime Headlines, if there's something you've just been really wanting to talk to us about. Or Judge Christy, if you have seen something that you think the judge needs to bang her two gavels about. Mm. So head to Sinisterhood.com. I'm just giving the end of it here. <laughs> head to sinisterhood.com and click on patreon in the top banner and check out the new tier you also in addition to voting on what we will perform live once a month through your virtual live shows you also will get to vote on new uh, on future topics for the main feed so havana syndrome that's today's topic we picked it someone maybe shared an article but if you guys all want us to cover something and we have not um covered it yet then you can vote and force our hand uh, ultimately mm-hmm. and you also get at the getting it tier getting into it i keep calling it getting it which sounds horny it's getting <laughs> into it like let's get into it let's be horny um,
3: for it we can be horny yeah, i mean get for horny it.
2: for those shows um but you also get a uh virtual a digital file that you can download and make it into your ringtone if you have mm-hmm. an android it takes two seconds if you have an iphone like me god bless you it takes a hot minute but we have the most amazing patreon subscribers who have taken time to screenshot and help each other out it's just such a community i just i'm overwhelmed every it's time it's an I... mp3 of the theme song yes oh yes. i just said that yeah you get a virtual file to make my voice your ringtone so yes. you can wake up everybody to wants saying, to
3: wake up to you singing I'm going to kill you (laughs) until you wake up. (laughs) You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping on occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As with Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. The Crowdcast Q&A is August 22nd. If you're listening to this oh, right, yeah.
2: you have time to go to patreon.com slash sinisterhood or just go to our website and click Patreon. And the Q&As are a ton of fun. We do the top 20 questions so you can vote on questions. And uh, we
3: had a we had a hoot last time. We have oh, a hoot yeah, every time. always. They're always a good time. Yeah. So 6 p.m. Central on the, the 22nd.
2: August, August 22nd. And if you don't have time to get to it or if you're listening to this in the future, go back in time. Because guess what? Yeah. The Q&A's. Archives are available. You can watch them on demand. Time travel. And if you're not in the U.S. and you can't be there live, we are going to try to figure out a way to do them at a time that will uh, support our patrons and other time zones. And you also have the pay- option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for the tiers are also now available. And if you select that option, you
3: get a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. We have gotten the most amazing, gorgeous, fantastic, perfect pictures
2: of you all wearing your new Sinisterhood swag, showing off where you stuck your stickers. Love it. Uh, We we got to see our pal Victoria, got the Sinisterhood crop top. It looks Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Folks in hoodies. We got three-quarter length sleeve baseball shirts. All the cute Uh t-shirts. I got my tank tops in. Mm -hmm. I got a let's get into them. Oh, thank you. I love my racer back tanks. So if you want to get some sweet Sinisterhood merch and be in twinsies, head to Sinisterhood.com and click on shop in the top banner. We got all kinds of stuff like mugs, totes, clothes for the kids. I just bought my niece a Sinisterhood baby t shirt.
3: I am ordering a onesie and a t shirt for both of them. Yes. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure.
2: You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod, and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy,
3: where are you at on the computer? I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO, and I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather, where are you at on the computer? On the Twitter, I am
2: at MCK versus the world. And on the Instagram, I'm at Heather versus the world.
3: As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.
2: Hey guys, thanks so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs Nakia, Anita
3: Pine, Megan DeWitt, A Brandy chelsea amber harris corinne williams Brittany hammond sam kelly dunsmore emerald rose that's a pretty name christy m whitmire jack stone also a good name Do- all of y'all are good names Do- damn think- christy <laughs> everybody has a great name dominique favi Susanna montague megan miller terry laurendine don winters God, another really good name. That sounds like a soap opera name. Christina Marufo. Carly. Mara. Soxia Rachel.
2: Mrs. Mothman. Whoa. Mrs. Mothman. I drew a Mothman on your
3: envelope. Yeah. Samantha Fox Kingwell. Amber Monio. Heather Binion. Jessica Dullum. Isha. Brianna Bird. Kristen Beffring. Alley Cat. Emily Rippey. Jen T. Elizabeth DeBeau, Megan Conroe, Adam Shreve, Kate Berliner, Molly McGuckin, Biz B, Alex Williams, Jill L, Aaron Daniels, Kristen Palmieri,
2: Alyssa Purdy, Jessica Abella, Jen Greenan,
3: Alyssa Seeley, Rocio Caro Casanueva, Pamela Brown, Tanya Malcolm, Caitlin Cesario, May. Samantha Neal Rachel Sims Sav Samantha Whitma Chelsea Shelby Sullivan Alicia Cleveland
2: Samana Soleil LeVecchio Becca Mara Weller
3: Sarah Lee Gwen Haeckel Amanda Wilson Victoria Edelman Jamie Burke Nicole Palma Rebecca Ramsey Kristen Jenkins Brittany M Savannah Carroll Sarah Broder Amanda Land, Nels, and Rebecca Nielsen. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do this without you. We sincerely appreciate all your support, especially during these trying times. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy.
1: 18 plus.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.